0: It's time for Only in Cartersville, Bartow, brought to you by the Cartersville, Bartow County Convention and Visitors Bureau. This podcast is where you'll learn what's going on in and around Cartersville and Bartow County. Cartersville, Georgia, is an all-American city that truly is the embodiment of small-town Southern charm with some sophisticated surprises. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at some of the African American history in and around Cartersville and Bartow County. Our very own African American Heritage Trail encompasses many historic locations. The Etowah Bush School is instrumental in helping to preserve our local history.
1: Well, my name is Alexis Callahan, and I am co-owner of Etowah Bush School. Um, my husband, Dr. Sean Callahan, and I um, created Etowah Bush School about four years ago um, in the hopes that we could help with local organizations um, in rural African-American areas preserve their history, preserve and celebrate their history. OK,
2: so how exactly do you do that in Cartersville in Bartow County?
1: Yeah, so um, there are numerous ways that we do that, but mostly we try to create community events that allow the community an opportunity to not only share their stories of um, rural African American heritage, but also to engage with um, the history and the preservation. So we do that through community events. We do that through exhibits, um, temporary exhibits at um, local museums. We do that through um Talks that we have, um, like discussion talks that we have in lectures. So in various ways. So why do you call it the
2: Etowah Bush School?
1: Great question. So um, I was just explaining this to someone yesterday, but um, Etowah pays homage to the native folks, the indigenous folks that were in this area, so the Etowah Indians. And then Bush School is an homage to that before um, newly emancipated folks were able to purchase school buildings, they met in what was called the Bush. Sometimes they called it the Bush Arbor. So Etowah Bush School is, you know, um, pretty much paying homage again to those indigenous populations that were here, but also to the formation of education in our county.
2: Tell me about the African-American Heritage Trail.
1: We were very fortunate enough about four years ago to... um become a part of a project that was already about a decade in the making. And so that's the African-American Heritage Trail that you referred to. So there were a group of um, community members, um, also governmental employees that for about a decade, they have been pulling together a um, cohesive way to tour African-American sites all throughout Bartow County. And so we came onto um, that group of folks, good folks that put the tour, the trail together. And um, it kind of took a life of its own. and, And because we focus on rural African-American history, um, for the last four years, we have been responsible for helping to preserve and research some of that history that hasn't been uncovered yet. So Etowah Bush School is the business that kind of, um, for lack of a better word, consults with these different sites to ensure that they are owning their history and um, have ownership of their history, but also working to preserve their history. So for instance, um, we work with a couple of local organizations, and right now we are helping to archive and make their history history available digitally so that others, you know, anyone that has Internet access can access that history. So that may have been a component that these sites didn't have before. But now that creates a way through archival material online that they can access access, have access to those individual sites.
2: So what are some of the things that Ettawhite Bush School is bringing to the forefront for people to to learn about?
1: Yeah, so there are 19 sites on the African American Heritage Trail, but one of the sites that we have worked most closely with in the past year is the Summerhill Summerhill Schools. But the group, the alumni group of that school, is the Summerhill Heritage Group. Um, The Summerhill Schools was a um, what was called a Rosenwald School Um, in Bartow County. It was the first school for Black children. It was the first place where Black children could attend school, starting about 1889. So um, been in the community for very long time but luckily we still have the building on the original site of the school so um the school was integrated in 1968. And from there, the alumni have been responsible for keeping the heritage um, relevant. So um, luckily, my husband and I, um, my grandmother, my uncles, my mother all attended Summerhill High School. Um, and my husband, his family also attended Summerhill High School. So really, it's an honor for us to help them, like I said, archive all of their photos and you know historical information, but also work with some of their current programming to get this younger generation involved.
2: Is there history here in Cartersville and Bartow County that younger generations don't know that that you just need them to know? Like what what is it that you're really trying to put in front of them so they can see it and know it and and learn from it?
1: Quite honestly, um, our county is fortunate, Bartow County is fortunate to have actually preserved these sites. So when we talk about history in Bartow County, we actually have a place to take, you know, tourists, this younger generation to talk about history. But I think one of our, um, if you will, claims to fame is the fact that we have two standing Rosenwald schools in Bartow County. And again, those schools were the first schools that black children could attend, period. So you think about the history of, um, you know, the end of the Civil War, these schools were formed less than two to three years after the end of the Civil War by the formerly enslaved. So you think about the ingenuity and um, the tenaciousness of these former enslaved folks to say, hey, we need to start putting our children in school. And if we do that, you know, outside in the bush, that's where we teach them. But we do that until we get a building, until we get a library, until we have, you know, an official space for our children to learn. So to me, that is one of the most important legacies of this trail is that connection to education and that tenacity to continue to want to learn and impart that into the next generation.
2: Give me some bullet points of some of the highlights that are on the African-American Heritage Trail, some things that stick out to you and stick out to a lot of visitors.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is such a rich trail. I mean, every single site on there has its own individual story, but I'll give you a few of my favorites. Um, First is George Washington Carver Park, um, and that is what we affectionately know as the beach. This was an area um, that Um, a visionary named john atkinson decided that he wanted to bring a beach to northwest georgia so literally he brought sand in the back of his truck and leased a part of um, what is red top mountain and he created a beach and this area was the only one of the only areas in georgia but also the southeast where black people could go to have outside recreation so you know there was um there was a ski bees ski water skiing team there. That's where a lot of our folks from um, Summer Hill and Bartow County learned how to swim. There were Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. So it's always just one of my favorite sites just to think about, you know, one day you're going to wake up and say, Hey, I want to create a beach and you literally do that with your hands. So that's one of the interesting sites. Um, Another, what, I find very interesting is called the Pine Black Pioneer Cemetery. It's located in U Harley, Georgia, um, and it's a part of the you welcome center and museum. And so this is a cemetery where enslaved folks were buried um, up until about the 1920s, we think. Um, but just in the past, I would say decade, we've had some sonar, um, Sonar technology and an archaeologist come out and he was able to find indentations of about 333 graves of enslaved people that were buried there. And so the interesting part to me is not only the burial, but the fact that um, we've only discovered about three people out of those 333 people so far. So there's so much and so many stories for us to uncover as we continue to do that research. So those are probably two of my favorite sites on the trail. What
2: is it that you want people to get from Etiwab Bush School and the African-American Heritage Trail here in Cartersville in Bartow County? What what do you want people to take away from it?
1: Well, you know, for me, um, I say this often, you know, um, Black History Month is in February, but I'm black 365 days of the year. So to just learn about, you know. My history, our American heritage in the month of February, um, to me, does a disservice to the everyday heroes that were a part of, you know, um, the fabric of the history of Bartow County. And so I believe that these 19 sites provide such a valuable resource for people to learn about rural black history, which is often overlooked every single day so again um you know black history month is a great time to learn about black history but we're here 365 so this offers people a chance to you know a low barrier to entry to learn about this history
0: There's a lot of history on the African-American Heritage Trail, 19 sites in total. And you can see remnants of the past around town if you know where to look. At the train depot, in the back hallway, you'll see the separate black and white ticket windows and waiting rooms. Both of Cartersville Historic Courthouses had segregated balconies. The Grand Theater had a separate entrance for black movie patrons. At both Ross's Diner and Four-Way Lunch, you can still see the separate entrances designated for african American diners. 127 West Main Street in downtown Cartersville was home to Gassett's grocery store. It was one of the first major black-owned businesses to anchor the district. And on Highway 41, headed north out of town, you'll find the former Noble Hill Rosenwald School, now known as the Noble Hill Wheeler Memorial Center.
3: My name is Valerie Coleman. I am the current curator of the Noble Hill Wheeler Memorial
2: And Valerie, what exactly is that? The Noble Hill Wheeler Memorial
3: Center is a restored Rosenwald school that was built in 1923 at the first school for black children. The school was closed in 1955 when black children in Bartow County were consolidated to form the Bartow Elementary School. After restoration in 1989, the Noble Hill School now serves as a black cultural museum and historical site that features historical aspects of black culture in Bartow County, with the primary focus being on lifestyles dating back to the late 1800s to the early 1900s and more.
2: So does the Memorial Center look like what the school looked like back in the day?
3: Um, yes, it was, Actually, the restoration project started in um, the early '80s. Uh, our, vi- our two visionaries, Dr. Susie W. Wheeler and former Supreme Court Justice Robert Benham, collaborated together to make us who we are today, which is a uh, cultural heritage museum and depict the lifestyles dating back in that era, the late 1800s and 1900s. They were they're the reason that we're here today.
2: So as a visitor to the Noble Hill Wheeler Memorial Center, like what are some of the stories I'm going to learn there?
3: Well, Rosenwald schools in general um, were built to certain specifications. You'll see the wonderful high windows because the schools back then in the early 1920s didn't have electricity. People didn't know that, so they'll learn that and why we have the high windows here. Because they didn't have electricity. They had to use the sun. And one of the stories I was told by... Uh, My aunt, who was a former curator and student here at Noble Hill, at the Noble Hill School, um, she shared a story that since they didn't have any electricity, that like if they had really bad storms and it got dark, they would get to go home at lunchtime at 12 noon. That's one of the stories. And then another story that stood out to me is that some of the kids during harvest time couldn't come to school. They had to work in the field with their parents. So after that time, after harvest time, they would get to come back to school, but they would have to catch them on their lesson. I thought that was instrumental in knowing because I, I didn't know that that some of the kids would have to work with their parents. A, a question that's, um, that's asked of us a lot is how were the teachers able to teach grades, um, you know, the several grades? Because the grades ran from one through seven. Um, Grades one through three were in a room, and then grades four through seven were in a room. And there were only two teachers. They didn't have a curriculum. They had the hand-me-down books from different other schools. But what was so great is that um, the community got together to raise funds for books so the students could have new books to learn from. Um, And then initially, everything progressed to where they were able to – you know, get a curriculum um, for those children. But it started off, you know, with no curriculum whatsoever. Uh, They just made do with what they had, and they made the best of it. And the question that many people ask is, how were the teachers able to teach grades one through three? Uh, I was told that the uh, older kids would always pay it forward and help the younger kids. But the teacher had to teach all those grades that were in the room. So I thought that was wonderful in itself. I know today it's hard, you know, having a big room of students to teach, you know, uh, and they had many students as well. So, you know, that was just wonderful to know that uh, the older kids paid it forward uh, to make sure the younger kids uh, would be reading on grade level as such in that manner.
2: When somebody comes to visit the Memorial Center, what is it you want them to take away from it?
3: I want them to have the opportunity to learn about the history and of course the legacy and be involved in the events that we have here because we have several annual programs that we put on our summer heritage program in june for the kids in the community and our labor day homecoming that's normally in um september we have a nice fish fry uh people come out and support by donating Uh, money for a plate and it helps go towards our unsung heroes banquet where we honor someone normally in late October, early November, who has been a pillar in this community and paid it forward and gave back. We also teach youth uh, in the community um, about Kwanzaa because a lot of people don't know about the Kwanzaa holiday in December. So we normally put on a small program.
2: Is there a piece of black history here in Cartersville and Bartow County that that people aren't aware of?
3: I can tell you about, you may have already heard uh, about this, our African-American heritage trail. We also have the sculpture, uh, the underground railroad sculpture downtown that Noble Hill was a part of and working with the community and different entities in Bartow County and historical societies. Um, it started from uh, a quilt that my friend Teresa Cook um, put together. We all had a hand in doing a block of it. The different uh, historical societies, and museums uh, that worked together, we we did the block, uh, and then she uh, sewed it and put it together, made a beautiful quilt. And then um, one of our artists here, Mr. Barry Henderson, um, wanted to make a sculpture and so now today we have a sculpture depicting that quilt uh, in front of City Hall. So we're elated and happy to have those two pieces in downtown Cartersville area right across the depot and the Bartow History Museum.
0: Valerie mentioned that Justice Robert Benham had a hand in making the Noble Hill Wheeler Memorial Center what it is today. We'd be remiss if we didn't take time to mention a little about Justice Benham's life. One of the most influential figures in Georgia's storied legal history was born right here in Cartersville. Chief Justice Robert Benham, born in 1946, was not only the second African-American graduate of the University of Georgia School of Law, but he was also the first African-American to serve on the Supreme Court of Georgia and the first African-American to be named Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Justice Benham has lived the majority of his life in Georgia, only leaving the state for brief stints to earn his undergraduate degree from Tuskegee University to participate in postgraduate studies at Harvard to receive his master of law degree from the University of Virginia and for his military service in the U.S. Army in which he earned the rank of captain. Justice Benham became the first African-American to open a law practice in Cartersville. In 1984, he then became the first African-American judge on the Court of Appeals. Justice Benham was appointed to the Georgia Supreme Court in 1989 by Governor Joe Frank Harris and then proceeded to win his 1990 election for a full term on the bench. And from 1995 to 2001, Justice Benham was the Chief Justice of the Georgia Supreme Court. Justice Benham now lives in his native Cartersville, enjoying his retired life, but recently made news for his efforts to help get Americans on board with getting the COVID-19 vaccine. In his leisure time, he enjoys making wooden toys and music boxes with his son. The Georgia Chief Justice's Commission on Professionalism presents the annual Justice Robert Benham Awards for community service in honor of all of his works. Thanks for listening to Only in Cartersville, Bartow, brought to you by the Cartersville, Bartow County Convention and Visitors Bureau. For a copy of the African-American Heritage Trail brochure, go to visitcartersvillega.org or call 770-387-1357. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group, Darren Sutherland, Executive Director, Doug Harding, Creative Director, Jacob Sutherland, Director, Producers Jason Genterola and Matt Golden, and Ray Zhang, Video Producer. All rights reserved.